The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Falado on Football here on the Big Blue View Radio Network. I am the host of the show Nicholas Filato, and we are in the dead of the dead time here, but we still have some content that we want to deliver to you, and I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the recent news in the NFL, but I want to start with one that didn't really catch a lot of headlines, and it revolves around 2019 most valuable player, Lamar Jackson, who recently came out and said he is putting a big emphasis, him along with the Ravens, are putting a big emphasis on improving his deep ball in 2021. And I think this is important for a couple different reasons, but I also want to juxtapose what Lamar Jackson has done recently with his deep ball with Daniel Jones, what Daniel Jones has done between the two offenses that he operated in with Pat Shermer and Jason Garrett. So first off with Lamar Jackson, let's think about Greg Roman's offense with the Baltimore Ravens. They want to run the football. They want to punch you in the mouth. They're going to incorporate Lamar Jackson in their running game. And you know what? If some of those deep passes don't end up materializing down the field, Lamar Jackson's one of the best athletes in the NFL, and he could take off with his legs. But last year in 2020, he attempted 58 deep passes. Now, a deep pass is constituted as 20 plus yards. He completed 21 of them for a completion percentage of 36% for 661 yards, six touchdowns, and four interceptions. And a lot of people have kind of made made a lot about Lamar Jackson's lack of ability to consistently be accurate with these deep balls. And if you watch the game, he does struggle with that from time to time. He overthrows. He doesn't always put the best touch on the ball. He had six turnover-worthy plays outside of the four interceptions that he threw with those deep balls in 2020. And he also kind of struggles from the far hash on those quick little comeback routes and those out routes. We saw the Tennessee Titans in 2019 as MVP season really clamp down their defense and shut Lamar Jackson down and force him to throw out there and allowed those cornerbacks for the Titans to make plays on the football. It did not do well for Lamar Jackson. But if we look at his 2019 stats, that MVP season that I'm referring to, He attempted more deep passes there, only by a slight amount, but it was 68 attempts, and he completed 27 for 39 completion percentage, but for 829 yards. So the yards per attempt were more, and he also had 12 touchdowns. And you remember back to week one of that season against the Miami Dolphins, it was Marquise Brown's first game in the National Football League, and he just tore it up, just hitting on deep posts against middle-of-the-field split middle of the field open, I should say, split safeties 
types of looks that the Dolphins were putting out there. And this is when the Dolphins were just a laughing stock. And remember, they were supposed to just be defeated that entire season. That didn't end up happening. But throwing deep that on that year, Lamar Jackson had 12 touchdowns and only two interceptions, only at three turnover-worthy plays. They were clicking on all cylinders there, not to mention he just was phenomenal with his legs as well. And like I said, they loved attacking the middle of the field open defenses, the split safety looks, because 31 of those 68 attempts were to the deep center portions of the field, 20 plus yards down the field. 10 of those touchdowns were that. So you're looking at deep post, you're looking at Mills concepts, you're looking at anything that can get those safeties to bite up a little bit, open up the middle of the field. And that's what the Ravens were able to do. But Still, you see, watch these games and you see Lamar Jackson. You see how he struggles to kind of be accurate with that ball. And he's putting a high precedent on that. And this little article just, it piqued my interest because it made me want to look at Daniel Jones. Because I feel like people who don't watch the film, they criticize Daniel Jones and his ability to throw the deep ball. And if you can go back to 2019, maybe you had some validity to it. Even though I thought he did really, really well in those one-on-one situations with Darius Slayton. So I went through the stats of Daniel Jones. And this is 2019 in Pat Shermer's offense. He dropped back 54 times, had only 16 completions. Now, it's 29% rounded up, 30% completion percentage for 498 yards, 9 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. That's solid. This is his rookie season. 15 of those 16 completions were considered big-time throws, according to Pro Football Focus, which is a stat that they use pass with excellent ball location, timing, generally thrown further down the field, and or into tighter windows. So I mean, that's really, really impressive when you think about it from a 2019 standpoint that 15 of those 16 were on target, were big time throws. Now it didn't happen as often as it ended up happening in the next year. And the completion percentage wasn't as great. But when he did hit, he hit. And that's great. Now, if you look at the turnover worthy plays, they were a little bit more. Now there were 12% of those throws were turnover worthy plays. He had seven that were turnover worthy and he had nine from the medium parts of the field from the 10 to the 19 yards. So he was really threading the needle. He was taking some risks and he was making some ill-advised throws. And if you go back and you watch his first game against Washington, which was a win, and you can go back to some of those earlier games, you can see him just make ill-advised throws that ended up being interceptions. He did a lot in the medium portions of the field. I felt like Daniel Jones, just watching those games, I felt like he struggled to time his passes up initially between the linebackers and the safeties, especially near the hashes and breaking in a little bit, which is something I feel like he did much better with in 2020. So that makes me want to go and look at the stats of his 2020 season for various reasons. Now, he didn't take as many deep shots in 2020. Now, we had 43 attempts, which was 9.6 of his overall passing attempts. So sub 10%, unless you want to round up, which we did before. So let's just do that. And then he completed 20 of them. Now, that's 46.5% completion right there. That's pretty darn good if you look at everybody else in the league. You look at the highest deep completion percentage of players, quarterbacks, I should say, that had 20% of snaps since Daniel Jones didn't fall into the 50% category. I have to rationalize it to 20%. Nick Mullins actually ended up having the highest with 57.9. He played in 10 games. Then Dak Prescott, 53. Ryan Fitzpatrick at 52. Baker Mayfield at 50. And then Deshaun Watson, 49. Cam Newton, 48, which is a little bit more surprising. I'm imagining Cam Newton didn't have as many 
attempts, but I'm just kind of spitballing with that. And then Daniel Jones sitting there at 46.5%. So Daniel Jones ended up throwing the ball pretty darn well and pretty accurately relative to everybody else in the National Football League last season in 2020. And like again, he had 43 attempts, completed 20% of them for 652 yards, six touchdowns. That's six of his 11 touchdowns were deep last season. So maybe Jason Garrett, we should pass the ball a little bit more deep with zero interceptions. And 18 of those 20 completions, those were big time throws according to Pro Football Focus. That is a large percentage right there. Those are big time throws. And his turnover worthy plays, guess what? They were two. He had two. That's 4% or turnover-worthy plays, didn't have any interceptions deep. That is a significant upgrade from 2019, just from an efficiency standpoint, when it comes to those turnover-worthy plays. Remember, he had seven deep. He had nine to the middle parts of the field. He had two deep and three in 2020. So he was better with the football. It's something that Jason Garrett actually touched on when he recently talked at minicamp. He said he wanted to eliminate those turnover-worthy plays. And you know what? Daniel Jones was able to do that, and he was able to not turn the football over as much, but still, if you combine 2019-2020, Daniel Jones has turned over the football more than anybody in the National Football League. And a lot of the success, though, that Daniel Jones had on these deep passes were to the center part of the field. Four of those six touchdowns deep were to the center part of the field. It's a vulnerable spot for a lot of defenses who try to run cover two, sometimes cover four as well. And it's good to see that Garrett was actually attacking that downfield. Jones was seeing it. We saw it against the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one. That was not a cover four. That was more of a three deep zone, but the deep cross from Evan Ingram had Minka Fitzpatrick bite up and the replacement coverage from the other outside corner was supposed to take over that deep center portion of the field. Did not happen. Darius Slayton ended up scoring that touchdown. Daniel Jones also had a touchdown to the left and a touchdown to the right side of the field, but he didn't have a touchdown the entire season from the 10 to the 19, from the medium to that intermediate part of the field. But he had four interceptions there. So that's something that still needs to be cleaned up from the film that I've seen. I have seen a lot of touch passes there just in 2020, just over the linebacker before the safety. And a lot of them were on dig routes to Darius Slayton. It's something that I feel like Sterling Shepard can have a lot of success with. I feel like targeting Evan Ingram in this area has been an issue. There were also six interceptions in the short portion of the field from Daniel Jones. A lot of them were targeted to Evan Ingram, which is unfortunate. But again, I think if you can use Evan Ingram in different ways. You can use him as a distraction. You can use him as clear out. You can use him on those drags and those horizontal crosses because that's where he thrives. You get the football in his hand, have him just go north, and then he can use his lateral agility to make people miss. That's okay. That's how you employ someone like Evan Ingram. You don't allow, you don't force him, I should say, to just run stop routes and and curls back to the quarterback where he has to quickly concentrate, get his hands up, and then make a catch, and then secure it, and then turn back up. That's just not who Evan Ingram is. But it's interesting going over how effective Daniel Jones has been on a limited sample size, throwing the football deep, and how it was a lot better from 2019 to 2020 from an efficiency standpoint. And even in 2019, though, he was hitting on those big-time throws. So when he hits, he hits. Now, we just need to see Daniel Jones do better in that middle portion of the field because it just has not been there. He only has four touchdowns and 11 turnovers, 11 interceptions, I should say, targeting that area of the field. And I think I saw growth in 2020 for sure, but there's still some ways to go. So I don't know. I just read that article. I felt like Lamar Jackson's putting a big 
precedent on it. And I think Daniel Jones has shown strides. And I think one reason why he's shown strides in this area is his eye manipulation. He does a really good job getting his eyes whenever there is a single high safety, forcing that safety towards where his eyes are going, and then targeting the backside of that quickly. He flashes his eyes, hits the back foot, quickly turns, locates the receiver, and throws a solid football from that area. Now we just need to see that grow a little bit more. Need to see him be better with his eyes in the standpoint of, okay, the safety is coming downhill here. I got to come off my first read and get to my second read. That's something I feel like he can clean up. Now that doesn't necessarily have to do with the deep passing portions of the game. That's more quick game type stuff, a little bit more of that intermediate portions of the field. And those are things I think Daniel Jones can still develop with the processing part of that portion getting his eyes off of a read when it's not there and then committing to another and going through his progressions that's where Daniel Jones can grow from but I just thought it was interesting to kind of go through these stats and see the growth of Daniel Jones just from year one to year two in a different system now let's hope that Garrett can really maximize those yards after catch from these receivers I just do not feel like he's done a good job doing that in 2020, he just didn't. There were there were way too many spacing concepts. That's why there were so many targets to the short portions of the field. But a lot of a lot of targets end up going to the short portions of the field, anyways. And you know what? Daniel Jones had a 70% completion percentage on those. Obviously, you're going to have a higher completion percentage when you target short rather than deep. But still, 46.5% on those deep. That's that's not bad. That is top 10 in the NFL. And it's, it's something to strive for. It's something to build on. So let's hope that that can happen. All right, I'm going to get into a couple more stories around the National Football League. Just wanted to touch on that, talk a little bit of New York Giants football. But before I do that, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So we got some holdout situations around the National Football League. It looks like Stephon Gilmore didn't attend mandatory minicamp. And obviously we have Aaron Rodgers. And then we have Byron Jones talking about Xavier Howard's holdout, which was on NFL.com now. Byron Jones is reporting, but Xavier Howard is holding out right now. He has a five-year, $75.25 million deal that he signed in 2019 that extended him through 2024 but Howard is coming off of a phenomenal 10 interception season he's 27 years old and it looks like he's looking for a new deal despite signing that huge deal back in 2019 and Byron Jones said it's none of his business he didn't want to weigh in on it but it's not a great thing to have one of your star cornerbacks potentially hold out of training camp we'll see how this ends up going <laughs> trust me there's going to be a little bit more holdout talk a little bit later on in this episode as well but this is one reason why you invest heavily 
into your secondary now, more so because of depth and injuries, but this can also happen as well. Remember last year, they selected Noah Igbenogany out of Auburn with one of their three first round selections, along with Austin Jackson, who played offensive line at a solid rate, better than I expected coming out of USC for them. And then obviously, Tua Tungabailoa, who I want to dive into real quick, just because earlier this week, he had a mini camp practice where he threw five interceptions, and a lot of people were talking about it, but he came out and he said he wants to put a real emphasis on being aggressive and pushing the ball downfield. And honestly, I don't find too much, obviously you don't want to throw interceptions, but I don't find too much wrong with a young quarterback like Tua throwing those interceptions in minicamp practice. If he's learning from this, and he's kind of feeling himself out, learning the offense, seeing what he can and cannot do, Throw as many interceptions as you need to in minicamp practice and learn from it and grow from it. And then when training camp rolls around, clean up all those mistakes. Take this time between minicamp and training camp to really, really nail down that playbook because he came out last year and said he did not understand the playbook as much as he probably should have. So if you're going to make those mistakes, if you're going to get that timing down, and you know what? He practices against a really good defense in Miami, even without Xavier Howard, it's still a really good defense. Then you can throw those interceptions at that point in minicamp. Just don't have that translate to the season. I like quarterbacks who are willing to be aggressive and are willing to make mistakes and are willing to learn from it. Now, he just needs to learn from it. And I'm not really a huge Tua fan, to be honest. And (laughs) it wasn't a great look last year, but I feel like people are writing him off a little bit early. You got to let this kid try to develop, see what happens. Remember, he was coming off of that hip injury that he suffered in his last year at Alabama. So he's only 23 years old right now. We'll see what ends up happening with him. But I just thought it was interesting because it was all over NFL Network how he threw five interceptions. Not a great way to start your 2021 campaign, but he's heading into his second year. So let's just see how it all plays out. All right. Now I want to talk about another young quarterback, and that is Justin Fields, who is the number two quarterback, according to Matt Nagy, who just re- iterated that Andy Dalton will be the Bears starting quarterback. Now, I don't believe the Bears have the Los Angeles Chargers doctor (laughs) from last year who ended up accidentally knocking Tyrod Taylor out of a game, which led to Justin Herbert stepping in and starting and absolutely lighting the NFL on fire. But I get the feeling that this is a similar situation in the fact that Justin Fields is going to find the field He's going to find the football field, though, really, really early in his career. I don't believe the Bears are just going to roll out with Andy Dalton. Matt Nagy's desperate. Ryan Pace, their general manager, who got to select two quarterbacks. Matt Nagy did not remember. Matt Nagy came in in 2018. Mitchell Trubisky was drafted in 2017. But Ryan Pace had to select two of these guys. And the Bears come out of the gate, and they just start struggling, which could realistically happen then you're telling me that Andy Dalton is going to sit there and be playing a lot of these games? I just, I highly, highly doubt that. And look, the Bears open up their season against the Rams on Sunday Night Football. That is Jalen Ramsey. That is Aaron Donald. That is a stud defense. And they have to go to Los Angeles to do it. And if that's embarrassing in front of the entire NFL season, you're telling me that we're going to see Andy Dalton play again the next week? Now, if Justin Fields, obviously so much has to play out, but if Justin Fields is somewhat capable of being ready, I expect 
if that game goes, which it could go in a really negative fashion, you could see Justin Fields as early as week two against the Bengals, a more softer defense, a more softer matchup. And that's maybe where that could happen. But I don't think Fields is going to be on the bench too long. But Matt Nagy wants to stick to the to the narrative that it's going to be Andy Dalton as a starter. And you know what? By week one, it could possibly be Andy Dalton. But I don't know how long that's going to last. Maybe he just doesn't want to throw Justin Fields out in a primetime game against a really, really tough opponent. That makes a lot of sense too. But I expect Justin Fields to see the gridiron a little bit faster than what this story kind of alludes to at least. And then last but not least, said I was going to touch on it a little bit, Aaron Rodgers. Talk about holdouts. This is one of the biggest one right here. This came out on June 17th that the Packers dilemma is expected to last until the start of training camp. Does that mean he's going to get traded? Does that mean he's going to end up coming back? He's wearing the I'm offended shirt. The entire situation is just a mystery at this point. And Ian Rappaport recently waited on it. He said on NFL Total Access, to me, and based on the people I've spoken with, this is really something that will be wrapped up either way. If they do find a solution that Green Bay has wanted, if Aaron Rodgers does get the security that he wants, potentially in the form of a new contract, probably not going to happen until the start of training camp. So it's up in the air if he's going to be there at training camp but there could be negotiations going on that could bring this to a close or possibly a trade matt lafleur says he would love to have aaron Rodgers back everyone wants aaron Rodgers back but then you have green bay brass talking about aaron Rodgers is a difficult personality which isn't necessarily a you know new revelation about him something that ted thompson you know rest in peace something that he said a little while ago that he was a little bit of a difficult personality something along those lines i don't have the exact quote in front of me but lafleur says you know he wants to still have him back would love to have him back that's been matt lafleur's message all off season all summer and i'm sure it's going to be his message through the summer i mean this guy is the reigning mvp he's an absolute stud and you know him holding out allows Jordan Love to get a little bit more work, which is definitely excellent because he spent his entire first season in the NFL as the quarterback three, not the quarterback two. But July 27th, that should be an interesting day. That is the start of the Green Bay Packers camp. And I guess we'll have a little bit more clarity on what exactly is going on with Aaron Rodgers by that point. Now, if he gets a new contract, he'll be there. And then Green Bay will be a Super Bowl contender as they've been. If he ends up going to Denver or leaving or going to just another team or holding out and it's his messy mess, then NFC North could be a little bit more wide open for those Chicago Bears that we were talking about in Justin Fields before and the Minnesota Vikings with Kirk Cousins. But I'm interested to see how it all plays out. Anyways, I am Nicholas Filato. This has been Filato on Football, and you're listening to the Big Blue View Radio Network. Please rate, subscribe, and review our podcast feed. Let us know how we are doing, please give us a five-star. Also, go and check us out at Big Blue View. We have excellent content coming in from a lot of talented people. So thank you so much for listening, and have a lovely day.